Welcome to From the Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. everybody welcome back welcome back we had a really funny witty intro but pat fucking decides not to hit record right That's he's like yeah yeah he's like i had this whole thing where i was like well welcome to from the outside looking in we've been outside this house looking as in. day day laborers for <laughs> 75 episodes just looking in but you guys don't get to experience or enjoy that because pat forgot to hit record sorry guys but yeah well, welcome to From the Outside Looking In, the show about everything, the show about nothing, <clears throat> the show about two dudes that are stuck outside a house looking in through the window. No, uh, yeah. if this is your first time here, Pat and I talk about comic books and TV shows and movies and sometimes sports and beer. <clears throat> and I got a tickle in my throat. Um, that's not what's going on right now. That's just the name of one of my favorite adult films. Tickle, tickle in my in throat. My, tickle in my throat. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Andy Liascos. With me is always the Ron Jeremy to my John Holmes, Mr. Oh, yeah. Patrick Bannis, baby. How you doing? Yeah. Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> you know? I gave you uh, the the Ron, Ron Jeremy. Oh, look! Speaking of Ron Jeremy, what do we got here? Trogues Jovial. Is that yeah, a gonna, Christmas ale? Uh, it's is that a, a is that a cork? This is a it is a cork. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was like, all right. Well, I'm gonna I want to drink this beer. Oh God, it's got a cork. All right. Well, let's just see. Let's fuck it. We're we're, we're doing it live. We're gonna do it live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Well, I wish they would sell Miller High Life with a cork. If it's oh, gonna be the champagne, the champagne of beers, the champagne of beers. That should be it. Yeah. Turn into it. Jesus Christ, bud. There you go. Just a little, just a little pop. I think that guy. We, we caught that on the on the microphone. Yeah. This no, one says sure. it's. Well, uh, it is such a beautiful bottle conditioned Belgian style double ale. It requires a chalice. Yeah. No, you're going fucking. So I was like, well, I'm going to do what they. Yeah, I'm going to do what they tell me to do for maximum deliciousness. Mm. Oh, look at that dark brown double yeah, ale. No. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice, nice. This you is, are definitely. Uh, a- this is a this is a this is a PA this is a PA beer. It's Trogues. Trogues, so it's Hershey PA. Yeah. You know, keeping mm-hmm. it local, keeping it. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. Well, well, do you feel jovial after that first sip? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty jovial, bud. I am, I am, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. All right, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I am a, I am a, I, I'm a double fan. I'm a big fan of the dubs. Nice. I would, uh, I would, I would have a beer or something, but I like, um, I ate like seven cookies today. Nice. It was, it was bad. It was bad. I but. am, uh, I am on the the stolen. It's the time of year where I go to the Aldi, the Aldi, 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 and Aldi? they have the uh, the German stolen. So it's basically German fruitcake. With marzipan in the middle, they just—that's 
sounds gross. They inject it with marzipan. What? Okay. It's delicious. So it's yeah. This, so it's this is the this is the cherry stolen. So it's cherries, oh. raisins, um, you know, marzipan, bread, coated in powdered sugar. You know. Okay. It's, all right. All I, right. It goes great with coffee. Yeah, no, it. I, I'm sure it does. Yeah, uh, we don't do any. We one, don't do any cookie making around here for Christmas. One, one to wake you up, and uh, or one to block you up, and one to loosen you up, right? You know, you exactly. Got, uh, yeah, you got the. I uh, speaking of cookie making, uh, the uh, doing a cookie exchange uh, at work uh, next week, and um, okay. Uh, one of the uh, people I work with, she's married to a Greek guy. So she's making kurabiedis, which is like my cookie of choice to make. But I'm not going to double down. I'm not going to go no. in competition on the kurabiedis. So I guess I'm going to make. Uh, and so, what is the kurabiedis? Kurabiedis. It's a. Uh, it's like a. It's like an almond sugar cookie, an almond Ooh, butter cookie. Yum. Yeah, and it's like coated in powdered sugar. It's great. Um, I'm not gonna make kularakia, which is like a shortbread cookie, um, but I'm gonna make uh, melo macaronia, which I've never made before. But it's like a walnut and honey cookie. So we'll Ooh, see what honey. happens. Yeah, honey, yum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna be uh, Greek as shit. You, uh, you know, know what? I always wanted to make some baklava. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, man. Yeah, I know. That's what I hear. Anything with phyllo dough is just a, yep. this is just a pain in the ass. Yep. You know but I, mean? I love baklava. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I love baklava. I love spanakopita. I love uh, tiropita. I love all, all the. I love all of it. Yeah. We call them dolamades in Greek, not Ooh, domos. Dolamades. Yeah, yeah well, dolamades. what do I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, Domos is, is like the uh, the the Middle Eastern uh, word for dolomades, which is just you know rice and fucking grape leaves. Too and bad, it's delicious. Too bad the Greeks totally dropped off and they're not anywhere near the World Cup. You know. Oh yeah, I mean we're horrible, right? But I mean you know when it comes to like. Well, most sports, you know, what I mean, true. But we we did win. Uh, we did win the Euro and like. 2004 or something like that. I do that. remember I mean, that, yeah. yeah. That was a oh, special yeah. year, yeah. It, it really was. It really was. Look, anytime uh, an underdog like that wins, it's a big mm-hmm. deal. Right now, no. we're in the uh, we're in the quarterfinals that start tomorrow. Um, yeah, who's, who's, who, do, who do we got left? Who do, who do we got left? So in, in, let me see if I can do this right. So tomorrow morning, it is Brazil and Croatia. Uh, okay. Croatia was a finalist four years ago. Um, good, good team, uh, but older. Um, and then what is the other one? Is that, Ooh, I'm really not sure. Um, oh, 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 uh, Netherlands and Argentina should be a great game. Okay. Um, two really good teams. Lena Messi plays for Argentina. Everybody loves that guy for whatever reason. Um, sure. Uh, and then Saturday morning, it is Portugal and the, my new uh, underdog favorite, uh, Morocco. Okay. Um, they beat Spain on penalties in the knockout round. Um, it was phenomenal. Their goalie was fantastic. He was dancing around on the line before he like dove to make saves. He like I don't even know if I don't know if anybody on the Spain team scored a penalty. So they played they played ninety minutes of regulation and it was nil nil. They played another half hour of extra time, still nil nil. So they went to penalties, which you know I love. 
penalties to end a game. Um, but like the Moroccans came out and they just like just drilled it. It was it was clutch. So they're they're my team. And then uh, Saturday afternoon is France and England. That's going to be a huge game. Huge game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real, real. That'll be the, that'll be the, the, the match of the weekend. So, <clears throat> yeah. you know, still some games are still, still some good, still some good teams in it. Lots of good stuff. Um, terrible host country. Nobody wants this in Qatar. It's stupid. The yeah, whole thing yeah, is yeah. stupid. I don't even want to watch. I, I don't want to watch any of it at all, but I was like, all right, I'm going to watch some of this. I'm going to watch. So isn't, uh, is, isn't uh, the U S going to be a uh, host country? Four in, years um, from now, baby. Four years from now, both both like Atlanta and Philly, right? Uh, Philly is one of the host cities, so it's it's yeah. a joint bid. This time was a joint bid, which is bullshit to me. Like when Cutter won the bid, when Cutter bribed their way to victory, um, the U.S. had a solo bid that everyone thought was going to be the winner, and so they expected that this year the World Cup would be in America. Um, that didn't work out, so. Uh, they did a joint bid with Mexico and Canada. So it's going to be like this big to do. Um, I don't know where all the games are going to be yet. Nobody's really, we haven't really decided, um, but they do know that Philadelphia is a host city. So there will be some games there and I will be there. Um, I don't know how, I don't know. How. You think they're going to do that at the link or like, where yeah. do you think they're going to? Yeah. yeah okay. They'll do it at the link. Um, they, they yeah, played, they that, played soccer at the link before. Oh yeah, that's the biggest stadium though, right? Yes. Like the Union Stadium is far too small. They for would a World never Cup do game. it in Chester. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know the Cutter is really like you know they had to build an entire city for this. Is it is it Cutter or, or is it Qatar? Uh, it depends on it depends on who's saying the word. I I believe it's Cutter. I've um, dated a few cutters in my life. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Get help, people. Get help. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, for sure. No, uh, I, be- I believe it's cutter. Um, okay. I believe it's I believe it's cutter. Um, there are a bunch of good. It's a type of boat for sure. There, it, it is it, a boat. It, yeah, it is a boat. That's Speed a cutter, boat, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are it some really good. The uh, there's some good documentaries on FIFA, which is the governing body. And how this this whole thing happened. Um, I think the the one that I saw was on Netflix. It was like three hours or something. It was it was absurdly long, but it was very in depth and it was very detailed. Um, and you really learn about a lot of this corruption that went on. And so it's like it's hard to be like a huge soccer fan like I am, and then like be like, oh, these people are terrible. This whole yeah, thing is you, terrible. Yeah, and you are a huge soccer fan. Unnecessarily so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of sporting events, I did go see uh, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Why would you do that uh, to yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, I just love hockey. True. And they got a- absolutely trounced uh, by the uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm, rough. And yeah, oh, it, it was it was such a bad game. But uh, Steven Stamkos got his thousandth point while we were there. That was cool. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, and uh, actually, I saw uh, was it Killhorn? I can't remember who it was. This is the most ridiculous goal I ever saw. Was in the third period. Um, Dumps the puck in from the blue line, bounces hard off the boards, hits Carter Hart's back skate, and goes into the goal. Oh, that's so bad for Carter Hart. He's, I, I mean, it's not you know, like it's not his fault. Clearly, 
but he's had such a terribly unlucky season. Like just the team's been banged up. Their defensemen are just dog shit. And the team is the team is trash. How, how, Outside of Konecki, there there is nothing uh, on that Hayes team. Is, Hayes is decent. Hayes is all right at Hayes best. Hayes is decent. He's, he's a he's a, a third line forward on any other NHL team. I, there's just I just don't understand how they can be so bad. Like there's they don't even have like. Um, they don't even have what's his, they don't even have Giroux's contract on the books anymore. It's like where's all the money going? Yeah, that's like that's the problem with the Hawks. They have so many bad deals still on their books, and like it's it's like they'll either be blanked for nothing, right, or they'll lose to Edmonton like six five in overtime. Yeah, and a lot, I'm of, like, a lot of overtime. It's like what is like? Can we just win a game, or can we just can can we just fully tank, right? Which you know, whatever, just to get Connor Bernard, right? Because that kid is, he's Connor McDavid 2.0. Yeah, he's don't you fucking, tank because the Flyers need to tank their way to, I mean, they're just. The, we all just need to tank to Connor Bernard over on the Pats. He's fucking, he is the real deal. Yeah, yeah fucking legit that kid is. Yeah, I mean, the, the Flyers started out all right, and then people got hurt, and then they started, like, just dropping in the standings, and now they're like, Fifth in their fifth in their division or something. It's just oh no, they're they're fucking worse than that. They dropped like ten in a row. Yeah, it's really they, embarrassing. Yeah. So like yeah. you know the tank, you know they should just go full tank. I would just I would just just shed Sal. I mean it didn't help they didn't, they weren't able to bring anybody in free agency that was worth anything. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, I think uh, Jose Abreu uh, gone from the White Sox, but he's at that point in he his career Houston. where he, yeah, he's chasing a ring, bud. Yeah, uh, F- Phillies just signed Trey Turner to a eleven-year, three hundred million dollar contract. Mm. Uh, this this had been foretold. I mean, it was obvious as soon as he was a free agent that we were going to sign him. Um, he's a, he's he's friends with uh, Bryce Harper. We right. could use a shortstop, um, so we we have uh, Bryson Stott at shortstop. He's a young kid. He's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he did good in the playoffs. He did. He did he's, fine. He, he did fine. He, he didn't. He didn't have much of a bat, but he was all right. Well, you know he's. I mean? He, I mean, he was. He he'd grind out at bats, which is great to like wear down pitchers. But then he would like yeah. he wouldn't get on base. But the, I feel like the the way like. MLB is now, right, like where you never get a complete start, right? You're rotating pitchers out every four to five innings at most. You know what I mean? Like wearing down a pitcher doesn't mean – doesn't do anything. Yeah, I I don't know. There are still still workhorse pitchers, and so it's a good – it's good to try to get these guys knocked out of games quicker so you don't have to see them a couple of times. But, um, they, you know, Trey Turner's a 300 hitter. He's got a little pop. Um, he's a, he's a hard worker. He's going to fit in really well. Um, they signed a couple of pitchers. I don't remember who they are. They had, there's a lot of turnover in the bullpen. So we'll yeah, see I know the White the White Sox signed that one right-handed pitcher from San Diego. I can't remember oh, uh, what his name is. With the uh, long Tyon. hair and that yeah yeah, yeah with that weird Tyon. yeah with that weird stutter step throw that he's got. I'm like, how is that not a bulk? Yeah. I just don't un- yeah. It's such a weird throw. I got to see him in his like. His rookie year, he played out here in Pittsburgh. 
Oh, okay. He started nice. out here in Pittsburgh, then he got traded to San Diego, and then he went free agent. Now he's now he's there. So yeah, he's not a bad pitcher. I wouldn't have minded seeing him, you know, in Philly. Uh, in Philly, he's, he, he'd be yeah, a fine no, no, he's, fourth he's, starter. He's got a good, yeah, he's got a good arm. You know what I mean? So that'll be that'll be something to to watch. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Bears are trash. Eagles are good. Eagles are yeah. real good. Yeah, yeah. No, Eagles are real good. Eagles are good. Yeah. Uh, big, um, uh, big, big stretch run here. We got four more games in the season. We got to play the Giants this this week. That'll be a big game for us. They're seven and five and seven five and one. Um, yeah. We got to play Cowboys on the way out the door. So, like, you know, it's weird that the NFL is like. It's either like teams are really fucking good, like nine and one or ten and one or ten and two, or everybody's everybody else is like three and nine. I don't know. Like, I, don't, the, I, I think I disagree with that. Like the Eagles are like eleven and one, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of teams that are like most teams have like three or four losses. I think maybe Buffalo has three, three maybe has three losses, but a lot of teams have like four losses. Bengals have four losses. Uh, Chiefs yeah. have four losses. Um, no, I mean who else in the who else in the uh, NFC is any good? Minnesota they have they have four Minis- they have losses. Yeah, Minis- Minnesota's the only team that's good in the NFC though. Uh, yeah, and, and the yeah. Niners were going to be good until Garoppolo, you know, broke his ankle, and now now I don't know what they're going to do. Um, yeah, so. You know, like the Bears and the Packers are absolute trash. Um, True. It sucks that we lost to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely didn't want to do that. In a game you should have um, won. Yeah, no, for sure. There were so many games that we should have won. Um, Justin Fields is good, though. I do like him. Uh, but again, there's no O line. There's nobody for him to throw to. Well, it's, yeah, they, I mean, they they don't they don't do they haven't done a good job game planning for him. They need to like do a lot of more RPO stuff. Let him run a lot more. He's so much yeah. like I I get it. Like he still gets his he still gets his yards, but like do some stuff where he's like at where that's part of the plan instead of him like yeah. running for his life because your O line sucks. But yeah, uh, I yeah. I think that you know. Um, if the Eagles, if the Eagles win out the last four games against division opponents, it'll be. I, I just, I struggle to see who's going to beat them. You know, like I just don't, I don't know who in the playoffs, who who in their who in their conference is going to beat them. Um. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think. It's it's not a lock for the Eagles, right? Like I, I would be like it, it would be I would be like yeah, it's a lock. If you didn't struggle so much against the Colts, like that game was so weird. It was so weird. You should have blew out the Colts, but that defense held you in check. Yeah. So it's like yeah, yeah. I don't Colts know. have a Colts have a really good defense though. So it's like that's like fair. they have an okay defense. Um, yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, Eagles need to. I, I, I want to see more of those like 300 yard team rushing games like they did the other couple weeks ago when they had like 360. Um, yeah. You know, when like when Sanders has a, a buck 20 and Hertz has 120. You know what I mean? Like if they can run like that as a team, they're going to yeah. they're, they're going to be hard to beat in the playoffs because they're going to be able to just grind teams down with 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 running. And then they have those wide receivers are legit. Dude. A.J. Brown is a monster like. Yeah, I, no, no, it's no. hilarious. They after they beat after they blew out the Titans by like three touchdowns. The Titans fired their GM the next day, and part of the reason is is they're looking at AJ Brown like, hey, we traded this guy, 
and he scored two touchdowns on us and made us look foolish. Yeah. It's like yeah. they didn't want to give him money because they thought they were gonna they, they could just like they could just draft another kid who's good. The guy, the kid that they drafted, but it's like, you know, so it is. It is funny. I, I was watching like um, a uh, um, see. Like I hate when my computer does this. I like I I told it not to sleep, but then it like started to go to sleep. And so, like, oh, shit, I'm not looking at it in time either. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, But, but yeah, the, um, I don't know, sports. Oh, I was watching, like, a fucking documentary on the 85 Bears, because fuck you. Um, And, like, it's just, it's just, this is the greatest team that ever fucking, fucking went on the field, ever. Ever. Uh, but it's just so funny how different the game was in the 80s to what it is now. Yeah, I mean, like it's border like football in 1984, 85 and 86 was borderline assault. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was rough, dude. It was rough. I was like, I was like, God damn. You know what I mean? But dude's got wrecked. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I like, mean, the guys, body slamming. Yeah, they're like they're like much more athletic players, but um, you know, they're they're really they're really they're really babying some of these guys, which is fair. I mean, you know, look at the quarterback situation in the league as it is now. There, there's so many mediocre quarterbacks. There's just like they're just passing around garbage quarterbacks, and it's like imagine if these some of these guys are getting hurt. You'd have you'd have just like so many athletes, and then just these just terrible, terrible quarterbacks. It wouldn't oh, yeah. it wouldn't be worth watching. It's barely worth. No. I, I can barely sit through it as it is. Yeah, yeah. So sports is whack all all together. We've we've spent about twenty minutes talking about whack ass sports. So uh, maybe we uh, we we break it off. Get to and, the good uh, stuff. We, Let's get to the good stuff. And we, and we talk about movies, movies books, comics, and books, and stuff. TV shows, DVDs. We're talking <laughs> VHS recordings. <laughs> oh, VHS. So, uh, last episode, um, we got we our bladders made us ha- have to go pee, and then we, uh, <laughs> and then and then we then we peed, and then we we're like, you know what? Let's just let's just let's drop it off here. It was like we were all we're already over an hour, right? Because like. Yeah, like whatever. And we were talking about Sandman on Netflix and I think we got to like we were we were in the diner, right? When um so yeah, we're, we're going to come back, we're going to finish talking about Sandman and uh and uh we yeah. got we got respectfully we got halfway through the series. Um, yeah, for sure. We 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 were gushing. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard not it's so good. It's hard not to just fucking talk and like and like and then as I was thinking about the diner scene like today, like thinking about coming back and finishing talking about it, I like I there was so much more I remembered of the, about the diner scene, and I'm like so glad that we didn't rush through it, mm-hmm. right? Because there's there's this juxtaposition of um, the 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 waitress who is like the writer, right? Mm-hmm. And right. I don't I don't th- I don't think you see John in the diner right away. I can't remember if you do or if you don't. Uh, he so, comes in. And he sits there. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this buildup is him observing everyone and her interacting with everyone. And then, yes, some of this is that 
she comes to him. He's not ready or whatever. She gets, somebody comes in the door. She goes away. And then it like, he's not, she's not paying enough attention to him because she's paying attention to all these people that she knows and has all these interactions with. Um, right. and I think that's, I think that's where some of this, you know, where, where some of that scene comes from, like where, you know, where, where he starts, where he decides to start messing with people is like, you see them, these people living their lives and, and, I guess they're, I don't know. So, so I don't know how much of this was like how much, I, I mean, I, I assume that all of the struggles between these characters was egged on by him and the Ruby. Yes. Like them yeah, all right. arguing with each other and stuff. And like, yeah. it just, it just goes to a crescendo. Yeah. And then I had completely forgotten about the the waitress uh, being, you know, like infatuated or into the cook at the restaurant who was like, you know, sort of like distant and out of there. That kind of that guy that looked like uh, Ron Swanson. Kinda, he, was like you know the, I mean? I, he came off to me as being like the owner of the diner. Sure, he could have been the owner. Yeah, but he was cooking in the back for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so. And he, like, I think that they had a little something going on. No. Do you remember what happens? I, I, like, I thought that, I mean, I thought they, I thought they were in the bone zone. No, no. So, like, yeah. So, like, that's sort of, like, the vibe or whatever. That's, yeah. But at. No, yeah, but like as as the the Ruby is making everybody tell their truths, right? Their dark, dark truths, and you know she's like, "Well, maybe you can come over to dinner." He's like, "Yeah, but all that's gonna happen is is like you're gonna cook, we're gonna hang out, you're gonna fall asleep at eight, and oh, I'm gonna I'm go gonna, mess around with your son. I'm gonna fuck your son. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> cringe. All right, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, had, it got real dark real quick. I had yeah, I mean, that. I believe. Yeah, I believe it was like her college age son, right? Like oh. at least in my mind, I hope to God it was. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, and then I, then I'm gonna go have get my dick sucked by your son or whatever it was it was like it was like it was really i was like holy shit that fucking that that came out of left field yeah yeah and then there was the uh well then the the kid that's there for the interview and then the fucking ceo and her husband comes in right her husband goes to the back and he's he's messing around with the cook it's it's it just gets wild yeah and then people just start fucking killing each other yeah yeah Oh, and then there was the one chick who was worried about her girlfriend, right? And, like, they're like, oh, you need to just leave her, whatever the waitress is or whatever. But that girlfriend, she was – we find out that later she's the – the the fucking – the dream chick. You know what I mean? Nope. Yep. Um – the chick, the chick with the brother, and uh, wait, what? Um, yeah, yeah, Rose yeah, Walker? yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that that was who she was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ties in later. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. yeah. She was the girlfriend, and like Rose, I think at one point, like Rose, like calls and leaves her a message, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah. 
That's yep. yeah. That's how we transition into like the second, second, maybe the third story arc of the season. Right. Right. Yeah. So Rose. All right. So no. So we're not going to get the Rose yet. So, um, so this is like this is still just John by himself, like just kind of fucking with everybody. And like he leaves the diner. I don't think Dream is in. Dream's not in this episode at all. Uh, it's like he episode is. five. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, episode five. He's he's in it. He he goes. He's this all occurs mostly in the diner. It's like Morpheus right. shows up at the diner, um, and then they he takes John to the realm of dreams, and this is where. Oh they like, yeah, this this is where like the final battle between John and yeah. Dream. This is where like yeah. John uses the ruby or Morpheus, and you get the impression that he he beat Morpheus, but that's really not you know what happens because John crushes the ruby, and that releases all the power. That was trapped in the ruby. That was trapped in the ruby. Which then returns to Morpheus, right? So now Morpheus is extremely powerful, and John has lost all Uh, of his powers. Right. Yeah. So so, uh, Morpheus takes... And Morpheus takes pity on him and takes him to the institution that he left and just leaves him in, like, a sleep. You know what I mean? Like a deep sleep. And then the end of episode five, we see his sibling desire who's like plotting and scheming. Yeah. We see, uh, both desire and desires twin, uh, despair. Okay. Yeah. Because desire is talking to despair. They mentioned the prodigal. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. And, uh, there, there's a, there's a little bit of talk, uh, between desire and despair. Yeah. And yeah, they both want to sort of remove Morpheus or dream and, you know, despair is like, I, you know, hopefully this plan works this time. Unlike your last, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then we get into episode six and we get into, you know, the next story arc. Yeah. And we, uh, I think this is the episode that we really get to hang out with death for a True. while. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Yeah, this I mean this is the episode. This is like the one episode where we spend with with death. Yeah. Um uh, and, and so, I remember this. So. I remember this issue. Like I remember reading this issue. So Oh, it's one of the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I always loved Death as a character. She's so quirky and funny and I think the actress that played her in the show was great. Yeah. Uh so we meet uh, Dream's sister Death. Um she's out uh you know Doing her thing, which is, you know, uh, escorting souls as they pass. So we kind of see her, um, you know, uh, they they visit an old man who's like playing violin. And, she, you know, it, it, it's a really touching scene and it's really, really nice. And, and uh, you know, you sort of feel this like this, uh, uh, I don't know, kinship or uh, admiration for like such a normally scary character as death right like she's uh, just this really she's happy more comforting she's there to make your passing right, yeah. easier right you know what i mean um so like you know these people are going to pass you know and you know she's there to make sure that they go to the other side to whatever their next life is it doesn't matter right like that's what i've always liked about um Vertigo and DC to some extent, right? Like, although it's mainly dealt with in Vertigo and, and you know, what of it. Um, there's there's so many different levels of, like, the afterlife and things like that and all different types of heavens and hells and stuff like that. So the uh, the mythology is pretty, pretty steep there. 
Uh, so we get to see, you know, Dream and Death hanging out all day. And Death, you know, now that Dream's back, he's returned to full power. He's, you know, a, a, again, one of the one of the more powerful members of the Endless, but I don't know if you can quantify power levels within the Endless, right? right. Because they're all like pretty much like alpha level when it comes to their powers, right? Um, and she asks him if he's been to see, um, uh, I forget his name. Do you remember his name? Uh, Hob, Hob, Hob yeah. Gadling. So, and then they flash back to the first time he met Hob Gadling, which is yes. they're in like, it's like the middle ages. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's like, technically it's like the dark ages, okay. right? Like. Yeah, so it's it's pre Renaissance is yeah it's basically what it is right. And they, they're in a pub, and yes. they overhear him wishing to never die. Right, and you know, he's kind of an eloquent, almost a con man to a degree. Um, right, but and and at this point, death has dream out with her because she feels that he should know mortals more. Right. Right. Like he's very distant. He's very just doing whatever he does. Right. And then maintaining the dreaming. Yes. That's all he does. He doesn't really know the people that, you know, inhabit his realm on, on, a, on a nightly basis. Yeah. Right. Like everybody inhabits the realm of dream. Um, so basically, you know, he hears this, you know, this person, you know, state that they want to be immortal, which he sort of scoffs at. Right. He's like, you know, what would you do if you, you know, if you didn't have to die, like you would get bored and tedious and yada, yada, yada. It would be horrible for you. And he's like, well, no, it's better than anything's better than death. Right. And he's like, all right, so let us meet here in a hundred years. And you can tell me if it's better than death, yeah. right? And, you know, he sort of laughs it off, right? But he's like, yeah, okay, deal, right? So basically, Dream has a side deal with, you know, death. Like, okay, don't take this guy. Don't take Hobbes. And and a uh, hundred years times pass. And now we're in the Middle Ages or more towards the Renaissance, right? And, and Dream comes back to the same pub a hundred years, right, where Hobb is waiting for him extremely successful right right like multiple like farm owner blah 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 (laughs) like has like a big banquet out for dream is super psyched right and 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 dreams like and you're not tired of he's like no i'm this is great i have my wife my kids my farming business it's all fantastic life is is beautiful i couldn't you know ask for anything more right and then dreams like okay I'll see you in a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then so now you fast forward again a hundred years uh, into the future, and Hobbes meets him in the pub again, and this time he's destitute, he's depressed, he's lost his wife, his family, his fortune, everything. Uh, you know, and Dream Dream feels vindicated. He's like, "Yeah, see, I told you, it's not all good times. It's not everything you ever wanted." He's like, "So are you ready now?" And he's like. No, <laughs> he's like as bad as this is. This is death is final. Yeah. No way would I. Well, yeah, you know I mean, no way. He's like, no, I, I definitely don't want death. I want to keep living a hundred percent. And dreams like, okay, I'll see you in a hundred years, right? 
Is, it, is, is this when? Uh, is is this hundred years when he's like when Shakespeare's there and they're like? He's like kind of uh, knocking Shakespeare. Yeah, that was uh, that was in the. I, I think that was in whatever the fifteenth or sixteenth century, okay. right? So when when he's uh, when he's made his fortune, I think Shakespeare is there, or maybe maybe it's a, there is William Shakespeare is in that one of these. It's either. It's either when he was extremely successful or when he was destitute. Yeah, it's, I thought it's, it was. It's, I it's, thought that part was funny. Yeah, yeah, I I did too, right? Because Dream takes an interest in Shakespeare as one of the greatest, you know, one of the great writers and having this imagination and things like that, right? Uh, Dream sees something special in William Shakespeare, right? Uh, so then they go, okay, fast forward another hundred years, this time into the seventeenth century, right? And um, uh Hobbes is back on his feet again living a better life not the not as good as he was at one point but still like pretty good I think he's I, I can't remember but I think he's involved with like the slave trade which isn't great right but like uh he's like definitely doing some you know shady 18th century type shit you know what I mean right. uh in the 1700s and that's when we also meet uh for the first time uh an ancestor of again in this timeline Joanna Constantine her great 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 grandmother, oh, yeah. Joanna Constantine. Yes. This is when we have that little, um, uh, that little kerfuffle. Yes, or as it's correctly pronounced in the show, Constantine, right? Because it is British and it is Constantine. The Greek in me has a hard the Greek in me has a hard time not saying Constantine though. Um, but yeah, so the, then there's that. There's the throwback uh, to Joanna Constantine, uh, and you know. Dream's like, all right, I'll see you in 100 years. And at this point, Dream and Hobbes are becoming more and more friendly. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Well, like, at some point, I, I'm not sure if it's at this point or later. I think it might be later when we get to, like, the Muse episode, which is, I, I believe, like, much much later. I'm sorry, I just banged my mic. Um, I think yeah. it's I think it's later on. But, like... Yeah, the, yeah, the Muse episode is one of the episodes post-show. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, The Muse and the Cat. Oh, that's the, that's the fun. Show. Okay, that's a post-series yeah. episode or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so, like, yeah, you do yeah, see, the, like, there are, there are instances where, like, he has had relationships or muses or whatever. But, right. But yeah, he does. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we see his one, you know, in one of the first episodes when he's in hell, we see the yeah. woman that broke his heart that he's... So like he put has, in hell for 10,000 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah. So, like, he's definitely had relationships. But this is this is one that started off as a mild curiosity that's kind of bloomed into a friendship. So they meet again in the 1800s. It's, it's an interesting uh, time because there's sort of, like, there's prostitutes running around the, the pub now, right? It's, you know, it's definitely, like, Victorian-era England, right? There's talk about, like, you know, Jack the Ripper or, or whatever, you know. And, um, you know, him and Hobbes are there and they're talking and they're laughing and they're commiserating. And, um, you know, I, I, Hobbes does something to refer to Dream as his friend. And Dream gets offended by this. You know what I mean? The, to think that, like, to think that Dream of the Endless has a friend in this lowly mortal, a right? Mortal. That he, yeah, that more that matters or cares. He gets he gets angry and he decides he's just leaving. He's done. And then Hobbes is like, "Well, I bet I'll see you in a hundred years." 
Yeah, I mean, right. what, yeah, which I, I, I believe, if if memory serves me, the, these were right around like, like whatever. This is eighteen eleven, eighteen sixteen. I think it's like yeah, it started in like fourteen sixteen, then to fifteen sixteen, sixteen sixteen, seventeen sixteen, eighteen sixteen, right or whatever, somewhere around that timeline, or maybe it's twenties. Yeah, it's it's somewhere, but in between this one. And the next hundred years, right, is when Dream is captured. Right, right. Back at the beginning, I, I think that I think that what happens is um, I'm trying to remember how this. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if Hob considers him to be like a friend or if he like almost insults him by saying that like he comes every hundred years because he has no friends you know what i mean like because he's lonely uh, yeah yeah because he's lonely and that he's you know and, and but he's but he doesn't say it in a, in an offensive way it's that they're both lonely it, because they're both immortal yeah. right and maybe in a uh, joking it, manner you know yes but, right but yeah, yeah and and yeah. and yeah and dream does get you know offended by this that he has some sort of need for hobbs yeah i mean so um, this was so uh after after dream was captured it's like the 80s uh, it's like it's like the 1980s because he yes. comes in and it looks like he's wearing like the Miami Vice suit or whatever. And he's got <laughs> yes, like yeah, his yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not phone. the 20s or whatever. It's the 80s, it's right? The 80s. So it's like it's 1580, 1680, 1780, 1880 is the last time they see right. each other, right? And so. then 1980, they show him. He comes in and he's at the pub all day, and he yeah. never, he never comes. And Dream never comes because right. he's been in, he's been captured, right? right? So he's imprisoned at this point. Right. So Death asks him if he's gone to see Hobbs yet. And, you know, Dream's like, no, I, you know. So Dream finally does decide that he would like to see Hobbs. He goes to try to find the pub in England and it's in disarray. It's about to be torn down. It's completely fenced off. Right. And as he's walking, you know, kind of depressed, you know, like, you know, like, he Hobbs was right. He does enjoy his company. Yeah, I mean, right. he did want to see him, right? And um, there's a, there's a sign on one of the fences. Go to the new pub. Address is yada yada yada. And Dream knows that this is from Hobbs, and it's meant for him. So he walks into the new pub that Hobbs is owns, right? Who sees him and then smiles, and it sort of just ends with them, like being like. Long time no see. You yeah, know what I mean, and, yeah, like so. It's it's a it's a nice episode that adds like this personal element to Morpheus to Dream of the Endless, and you get to meet Death. And again, it's great. Acting's great. Story's great. Everything's fucking great in this episode. Uh, one thing that I and I, the 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 average normie is not going to know this, but when you read these issues and you see the text boxes of morpheus talking and there it's that it's a big heavy box and it's big it's heavy black with white lettering it's, yeah, yeah it's all like yeah what did you like did you envision a specific like voice based on that like i know yeah, that i, I did yeah i i don't know what i envisioned right because each of the endless had some sort of thing about their dialogue box that made it slightly different Not than human. regular people. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. And then later on in the series, when Dream does like 
reappropriate to another form of dream, his box becomes reverse, right? So right. it becomes an all stark white box with black lettering as opposed to a black box with white lettering. But it's still that dreamy thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I did... I, I, I assume he had some sort of aspect to his voice that made it not normal, right? Um, and now, now, I don't – I'm not – it doesn't bother me that they didn't do that, that they just went with the actor as you know his voice. But yeah. I think like I always – I always enjoyed wondering what that presentation would be like if it was a more like – I don't know um, – just a more kind of I don't know I don't want to say alien but like a different like voice than the norm you know right but here nor there yeah no pretty yeah no that's it, it, it is it is an interesting thing right yeah. so this wraps um, up that story arc and now we get into like the 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 yeah this was like sort of a breather. Right in yeah. between Transition. the two main arcs, yeah, like to John to Rose Walker, yeah. right, which are the two two main arcs of season one. So, so we get into this is the Doll's House um, yeah. story arc, and we we meet uh, Rose Walker. This is back in like 2015. Her parents are her parents are, are divorced, and so she and her brother are separated. Um, six years later, 2021, her parents die. Yeah. Um, Jed ends up in the foster system, even though like Rose is trying to like find him. Yeah. Um, I think I'm trying to think of how this how this works. I don't know if we know right off the bat that she is a vortex. Which is like this? No, we we don't, and okay. we actually because because we think her brother is the vortex. That's the first okay inkling of of, of the talk of the vortex because her brother. So the the way that Dream becomes aware of uh, aware of this is he's he's looking for the the the. Entities from his realm that have gone rogue, right? Yeah. So there's the Corinthian is still out there, right? Um, uh, what Fiddler's Green? Uh, Fiddler's Green, and then the other nightmare yeah. whose name I can't remember. I can't, her, she's the one that ends up with um, Rose's brother Jed. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's, I, I think there's a brief interaction between the Corinthian and Morpheus at some point, or I forget how the Corinthian becomes aware that there is a vortex, a dream vortex. Uh, I don't know if that happens right away. Uh, I don't think that that happens until a next episode. Until okay. a later episode. This is like the intro to it. So this is like, this is the backstory between Rose and Jed. And then, um, there's you know desire and despair who are still you know conspiring. Um, I think that Morpheus and the librarian is that the right? The, am, am I saying that right? The librarian is that who that is? Who Lucius? Yeah, is it Lucius? Yeah. Um, 
I think maybe Lucius mentions that there is a vortex or they, there could be a vortex. Right. They have a discussion of the vortex. And so they understand. So like Morpheus knows that Rose Walker is the vortex and um, he decides that they're going to they're going to he's going to kind of use her um, to help find these missing Yes, yes. Fiddler's Green, the Corinthian, and, right. and the, uh, the the last uh, uh, nightmare, right? Um, so then, who's actually with Jed? Right. right? So who's, the nightmare is, is 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 with Jed, and she's acting as uh, you know basically his friend in his dream world. Yeah, it's, world a, it's because, right because it's in a dream world because he's with like he's in the foster system and his foster yeah. his foster parents are assholes. Like, Suck. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean the 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 the, the, the his, his foster father sucks anyway. Um, so Rose, after they find out about her parents being dead, um, her friend, she and her friend travel to uh, England, and they meet this Unity Kincaid, um, who is like um, this Rose's. It's Rose's grandmother, right? Well, so, she doesn't know that at first. Like, I don't know how they. Rose doesn't. Rose doesn't. Yeah, but so Unity they, does. Unity so does. Unity was Unity was asleep during. She had the sleeping sickness, and yes. so she wakes up and she's you know obviously wealthy and she's recovered and um, they go to. I think that they go there to. I think she's getting some sort of award for writing or something. Rose is right. I think like she's getting some award for something. I think that's later, but um, I think the, no. That's think... why they. That's why they go to England in the first place. Okay, is for her to 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 get this award right from from Unity. Yeah, I mean, oh. like Unity's foundation is like what's giving her the award. Okay, and then she then she tells her that you know she sort of got her here under false pretenses because she wanted to meet her because she believes that she's her grandmother, great grandma, her great grandmother. Yeah, is it her? Yeah, it's yeah. either it's one of them, great or grand grandmother, right? It's 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 one of them, yeah. right? So so she's her, um, she's her great grandmother. And so um, Rose tells her about, you know, Jed and Jed's missing. And she says that she would she would, you know, pay for them. She would pay for whatever the search is. She'll pay for that. Right. Um, so they do some searching and she and her friend Lita, Lita, they go to Florida. Yeah. And because I think that they find out that this is where um, Florida is where the foster family is. Um. And she moves into this uh, this house with you know multiple tenants, right? And um, there's there's sort of two like creepy goth chicks. That's um, that's the next episode, I think. This I don't think we get to that point just yet. I think we do some Jed stuff. Um, okay, I yeah, think that, yeah. This is where we meet Jed, and we meet his dreams, right? Yeah, I think and that, in his and in, in and in his dreams, he's a superhero called the, the Sandman. Sandman. So, and this is fine. I want to get back to that. Um, so, yeah, because it's also based off of a different comic book character called the Sandman from like the fifties. So the um, so Lucian and Morpheus. Morpheus try to find Jed in the dreaming and the waking world, and they can't. And that's the issue: is that they can't find him. Um, yeah. So they, they, that's why that's how they determine that um, Galt, who's this rogue dream, not a not a nightmare, right. but a dream, um, 
has kind of no. Isn't she a nightmare? She is not a nightmare. She is a dream. Um, she, because remember, it's not. He's not in a nightmare. He's a superhero. No, I know, but she's she's a nightmare. She left the dreaming because she wants to be a dream. She doesn't want to be a nightmare. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because so that they, that's that's why she she's created her own dream world for Jed to provide him with dreams, right? And in the dream, she's like the Sandman's assistant, right? right? Like she's the Alfred to uh, yeah. to Sandman. So, right? so he so yeah. he's playing. But the, she is a, she is a nightmare. She doesn't want to be a nightmare. I though. actually think that this is the Sandman. This is the original Sandman character, right? So he's playing. Yeah. So when he says he's the Sandman, he's he's the original Sandman character from the original like Justice Society of America. And I, I yeah. even think this predates the fifties. I think this is like even back into like the thirties right, and the forties. Right. Like this is the original character, which is great. I love that they that they did that. I think that's oh, really it was cool. it was a great yeah great. Um, call. Back, it's either sure. it, it's it's either that one or it is the Kirby Sandman from the seventies. Kirby did a Sandman run, and I don't know if it. I think that was a uh, that was a completely different character altogether. So there's like Morpheus, there's yeah. the original Sandman from the thirties, and then I th- I believe yeah. that Kirby had a a. a a Sandman, and it was a different character altogether. So he's one of the two. I forget which. Um, yeah, I think I think he is the original, like nineteen okay. thirties Sandman. Um, I'm pretty sure. So at the end of episode seven, after they realize that you know this is what's going on with Jed, and they have to figure it out, Rose comes through the dreaming and like finds Morpheus. To yeah. ask for help, so it's like great. It's like it's you know serendipity. Like they're they're all trying to find Jed now, yeah. right? And then yeah, because yeah, the- she's she's learning how to enter the dreaming, right? Um, very haphazardly. Yeah, but she's not very very good at yeah. it, right? And so this is when, yeah. So then in the next episode, she she moves into this house. There's these two. Um, sort of like creepy goth chicks, but they're everybody's real friendly. There's this actor guy, and then uh, there's there's an old British guy played by the uh, incomparable Inc- Stephen Fry. Incomparable. Yeah. Uh, I love so there's Stephen a there's Fry. a couple. The it's like a Ken, there's a, it's almost like a Ken and Barbie couple. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but before we get out of episode seven, the doll's house, uh, the Corinthian, who is now looking for Rose, and I I. I I can't remember for the life of me exactly how he determines who Rose is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't remember because, again, it's been so long. But he does know that there's a vortex and he can use the vortex to destroy Dream right. or Morpheus, right, which is so like his hope. He gets, he gets invited to be the guest of honor at the uh, the serial – Convention. Convention. Yeah, because he meets a group of other serial killers, right? They're the and hosts. Like the, yeah. They're like the hosts of the organizers. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a convention for other serial killers. Did they meet, right? did they meet at the diner? They met at a diner, a diner. but I, I, yeah, but I don't know if it was the diner. No, from no, I don't that, think it was. That yeah. Scene. yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's how we, that's how we end that episode. Then we right. get into episode eight, which is called Playing House. This is where we do 
there's all the multiple houses. There's the one that Rose lives in. There's whatever Jed's doing in his dreams. Um, yes. So, um, Morpheus agrees that he's going to help find Jed. Lucian is not a fan. Um, yeah. Lucian just wants him to destroy the vortex before it gets out of hand. Right. right? So yeah, during, she, during the day, she and the people from the house, um, the one, the actor who cross dresses at night or whatever, um, yeah. they're out posting like flyers. This yes. is where the Corinthian shows up and has like located them because he kind of like schmoozes with the actor who, you know, yes. Yeah. Is, is, is gay. And, and, you know, you know. the Corinthian sort of comes on to him. Right. And, and, and does all this stuff. And, you know, we'll, we'll try to fast forward a little bit. There's a, there's a great scene where like things get a little like feisty in the nightclub and it's like, you remember there's oh, yeah. like that oh, fight yeah. scene with it. yeah yeah and it's it's fucking Stephen Fry who like comes to like save her like with his cane sword right like he's he turns and he's like he it's so funny because he's dressed like basically Sherlock Holmes right he has like just this very standard British like tweed suit on and it's Stephen Fry older Stephen Fry so he's very heavy set uh, but it's just great he's like all right Rose dear let's you know, get in the car and blah 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 and like um. How do, I can't remember how the Corinthian gets a hold of Jed. Well, right? so, yeah, that happens. So the um, – I'm trying to think about how this happens here. So they – Rose and Morpheus go into the dreams of Jed. They find Jed and this is how they um, find Galt manipulating his yes. dreams. Yes. And they determine that this is because, you know, like his, his foster father has been um, abusive so just after Rose leaves the foster care people, the Corinthian finds the foster care woman. And yeah. so the Corinthian – so they wouldn't tell – they wouldn't really tell Rose exactly where he was. Right. Um, but the Corinthian just basically just murders her and finds out. He yeah. goes to the foster home. Yeah, murders those people. Murders those people, and that's how he and, gets a hold of how he gets a hold. Now, you know, Jed's in the basement. He's locked him in the basement because he tried to pass a note to the foster care person, like um, help me or help whatever. Me. Yeah, um, yeah. So he doesn't know what's going on. He only knows that like the Corinthian kind of rescues him to a degree. Yes, right, and like takes him to go get ice cream. Is like, hey, I, uh, I found your sister. We're gonna go meet her. Yeah, right. And he he calls her. He's like, hey, I I, th I think I found your brother. Uh, you know, I'm driving here. Why don't you guys meet me at this? I I you know have to go to this convention for work. Why don't you meet me? Yeah. And and um, Stephen Fry is like, well, I'll go with you. Yeah. You know what I mean. So before that, there's there's an important part. Um, Rose's friend. Lita. I'm going to call her Lita. Yeah, yeah sure. L-Y. Yeah, the, yeah. Her, her her friend who is friends with her mother and is, is almost like a surrogate mother figure to her. Right. right? So she, she reunites with her like in the dreaming. She, reunites with her dead husband. Her dead husband, Hector. And yes. they, he's like, Here, here's this house. I've been waiting for you. I've been building that. I built this house for you. This is for us or whatever. And so like they're together and – He's like, well, why don't you stay here with me and, you know, 
you can have a you, you can have we can you can have a baby we can have the family we always wanted and she's like oh you know i know whatever when she wakes up she's like pregnant this is yeah, this yeah. is where you start to see the vortex the problem with the vortex because the dreaming invades the real world. Yeah. So, so her right? powers are starting to like. This is what happens with the vortex unless you get control of it and get the power out of it. It starts to do this. So there's there's all of these kinds of like crossover things where like the dreaming yeah. is bleeding into the normal waking life. Yes. Um, and then this is and then the, the the Corinthians there and then they they get ice cream. They travel. They drive around in a in a, in a in a convertible with the top down and eating ice cream. Yep. And they have a great time and they go to the serial killer convention together, which is just the serial convention. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, and, um, yeah. And like the Corinthian is sort of like there with the kid and they're like, Oh, uh, kind of dangerous to bring a, a, you know, a young child to a serial. And, and like one of the serial killers is like, Oh my God! I can't. And, yeah, and they're all like, "Oh, the one guy who's no checking people at the table." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "There's no, there is no hunting at this convention, right?" right? Yeah, I mean, like, we can't hunt, but like, obviously, this guy's into killing little kids, right? Yeah, yeah and he's like, extremely like, "Uh, oh, why are you doing this to me?" Yeah, I mean. So, so there's, you know, things are starting to escalate, right? So, uh. Lucian and Morpheus are confronting the fact that the the vortex is starting to have, you know, distinct effects, even though yes. like Morpheus is still hesitant to like accept that this is like Rose's like powers. But things are like, you know, like they're they're getting ready to like Lita's getting going to have this weird dream baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like real people are getting pregnant by dreams that are actually her husband isn't just a standard dream. Like he's, he's a spirit that's been brought into the dreaming realm. He's not just, he's not her memory, right? Like he, he should have passed on. Oh, right, 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 right. He's, he's existing in the dreaming instead of being, instead of passing on to the afterlife. Yes. Which is another thing that is not, you know, appropriate. Um, Right. And so this is where, this is where like, the conflicts start to occur. So, you know, Morpheus, Morpheus recognizes that this is bad for the dreaming and the waking. And so he banishes Hector and he tells Lita that like this unborn child is going to be Morpheus's child. It's going to be his possession because it was conceived in the dreaming. This yeah. is where like he and Rose start to break because she is defending her friend and wants her friend right. to have this baby and Morpheus is trying to like exp- is trying to like implore her like this is going to have very drastic negative effects on the waking world and humans and everything so like we need to like not do this um so they yeah. kind of like they kind of like split um Rose and Gilbert who is the uh, Fiddler's Green. They go to the yeah. hotel. They're looking for Jed. Gilbert is hilarious here. Oh, God. Like, oh, he's it's a so serial good. convention. This is great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, and, and they're like, yeah, there's no children yeah. allowed. He's like, no children at, at a, a serial, serial convention. convention. So they, you know what I mean? they split up. And they wander around. And this is where, like, I love I love Gilbert here because he's, like, he's, like, going into these, like, different convention halls. 
and there's all of these like speaking uh, serial killers talking about talking serial, about serial killer shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, this is just disturbing. This is great. Yeah. Um, and then um, at some point. Corinthian sees Gilbert and recognizes who he is. Yeah. Or Gilbert sees him and recognizes who he is. Or maybe they see each other. Vice yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, right. So they realize. They, he, he, yeah. I, some, I don't think we I don't think we had mentioned that Gilbert Stephen Fry's character is Fiddler's Green yet, but he is Fiddler's Green. Yeah, at right? the end so of, by the end of episode nine. The, yeah, yeah. Right. So at the end of episode nine, you um you realize that like Fiddler's Fiddler's Green has fled and he's gone back to the dreaming and he tells the Corinthian he, he tells he tells Morpheus and Lucian like this is you know that's where the Corinthian's there with Rose yeah. and right. Jed and yeah. so then we get into like uh, episode 10 this is the last episode of the story arc so Everything starts to get wild. I think I'm, – I'm not sure if it's at the end of 9 or the beginning of 10 where like um, Rose and Jed stumble upon the um, – there was a – there was somebody in – there's somebody at the convention who is a fraud. He's not yeah, – yeah. he's not a – he is not he's a, not an actual serial, an actual killer, serial but killer, but he yeah. was like fascinated with the Corinthian. And so the two serial killers who were like the convention organizers were like, well, you know, take care of it. Um, but they're also like, you know, we don't want to have a whole lot of we, we don't want to have any. There's no hunting here. So at some point, Rose and Jed stumble in on them. Yeah. And I believe the Corinthian saves those two from the the other serial killers yes um then at some then we get to like the keynote speech of this whole convention and and it's yeah you know, which is the corinthian it's right the corinthian, yeah right yeah so at the beginning and he's, he this is his grandiose plan to like expose morpheus and take him down right um you know at, at this convention Right, like as as the keynote speaker, yeah. Um, so like Morpheus but. shows up, and I I believe this is where like the Corinthian is showing that like like Rose Rose can give him enough power to like defend himself against like Morpheus. Yes. Um. You know, Morpheus has to explain once again. To Rose, this is a very bad thing to the waking world. Like, this will be, you know, this will be very bad. Um, so, at some point, he gets through to her. She restores some level of the dreaming. And Morpheus undoes the Corinthian. Well, sort of, right? The... The Corinthians' plan of using Rose as the vortex, right, to to siphon her power doesn't quite work because, as we find out later, Rose is not the vortex. 
Oh yeah. Do we learn that now or do we learn that late? We don't learn that until well, later. Well, we learn it. We we don't learn what exactly is happening, right? right? But we learn that Rose, the power that the Corinthian gets from the from Rose, is not enough to destroy right. Morpheus, right? Like it, it 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 allows him to put up a much harder fight against Morpheus. But at the end, Morpheus triumphs over the Corinthian, right? right? And he does destroy the Corinthian, right? And as unity is pulled into the dreaming, right, because of whatever conversation – I forget how unity gets into the dreaming. Maybe Rose pulls her there or whatever, but she's talking to Lucian. Yeah, after, after – Unity – After – this, um, this is after the Corinthian is destroyed, but right. they're arguing about um, the baby, Rose – and and Morpheus are arguing about the baby, and, and Morpheus is coming to the point where he's like, "I have to destroy yeah. you." Right. So you there were I mean? there were several like instances in over some of these episodes where, and I don't think we cover this nearly well enough. No, o- over like yeah. over like we're still this, already like yeah, we could have done like an entire I know series on this fucking first season of a series. It's so in depth. It's such a rich world. It really is. is so, so fucking like, yeah. Over the three uh, over the three episode story arc, you see these like really like vivid dream sequences where like yeah. the Barbie character is like she's like a hero and she's out in like the fields of like the world yeah. and she's got this creature next to her and, and you know this talking yeah. like I don't even know what it is yeah the, the, that comes back into the series as well the princess and the beast right, right? the princess like, and the beast and then yeah. like you know the Ken character he's like you know he's messing around behind her back he's always getting caught like messing around behind her back yeah. and so she's yeah. Like and realizing that he's like messing around. The twins are the goth twins are doing weird goth twin stuff, like reading right. their craft, reading their stories. Like yeah. the actor is, you know, performing, but also like uh, it's like terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, I mean, like, like this, this, um, yeah. So like there are like these really beautifully vivid like dream sequences that I that we haven't done we, justice uh, we, right yeah 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 um, we sort of skipped over so after like I'm, after after morpheus undoes the corinthian and like punishes all of these serial killers like makes them like recognize their like crimes and stuff and they all are just yeah. like they all either like you know they all just go nuts and punish themselves or do something crazy yeah. i don't know yeah there's there's like a bunch of you know again you know sensitive content here but there's a bunch of self-inflicted death Correct. that happens after the uh the the serial convention right so um after that rose rose goes into the dreaming that night and confronts morpheus we're back into this beautifully richly vivid like you know landscape um Rose recognizes that, like, you know, all right, this is a bad thing. I'm, I'll sacrifice myself so that I can save, like, my friends, my brother, like, I'll, so that we'll do, we'll take care of this vortex thing. This is where Unity shows up because there's yeah, no need this is for where her Uni- to do that. This, this is where Unity shows up, but she's already in the dreaming because she's with Lucian in the library, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and and Lucian's talking to her, and she's like, "You were, you went to sleep, and and this they is how, they, this is how Lucian the, pieces it together." 
Yeah, so they go through all of this. So I can't remember how Unity gets to the Dreaming, but she's in the Dreaming. Well, she's the Vortex. She can do that. Yeah, yeah, right. So can do that. And that's, that's, well, because then as as Morpheus is about to destroy um, Rose, that's when Unity and Lucian show up and say that it's unnecessary because, because it's actually Unity. That is the vortex, and Rose is just her descendant, and has has you know granted some of this power, right? Uh, is, it, is it how much of it of it is that because Unity was asleep when she was supposed to have been the vortex, that that got passed on to Rose? Like, how much no. of it is like? So, so Unity would have been a vortex regardless, uh, right? So she would have been a vortex. She would have been discovered much sooner if Dream had been around and the Dreaming was in, in existence, right? But she was in a comatose, dreamless-like sleep for you know nearly a century because Dream had been right, you know, right. taken. So then, how right? does so how does how does Rose how do they transfer this? How do they how do they transfer any of this to um how does Unity transfer this to Rose to start with then? I, I, I think it's just genetics, right? Because I normally I, I believe a vortex is found soon enough that they don't pass on their right, okay. their their powers. But, uh, right? So I think some of this has to do with the fact that Unity was asleep because Morpheus had been caught and caused the sleeping sickness. Yeah, right, yeah, right, okay. exactly. But it's also it's also part of the play, right? Because what we find out is is how could Unity have a child to be a grandmother or a great grandmother? I can't remember which one. Right. If she's been asleep since she was twelve years old, right? And then she tells the story about in her dreams when she was asleep of her lover that would come and visit her with golden eyes, right? And yeah, right. And then it's like, and then Dream realizes what what That's happened. Desire. That's desire. And what desire's game is, if Dream had gone through with destroying Rose, since Rose is descendant of not only Unity but Desire, she is a family member of the Endless. And the one crime or thing that the Endless cannot do is kill another member of the Endless. So Dream would have been removed from existence yeah. had he gone through with destroying the Vortex that was Rose. So schemy. He's so schemy by desire. <laughs> so Dream realizes this, you know, sets the Dreaming right. Um, Unity, who's, you know, much much older, she agrees you know, that, that it's, it's fine for her to be, you know... Right. Done and destroyed. So then Dream takes on one. Well, he goes to confront Desire and his plan, right? He, you know, calls his sigil and visits his realm and is like, you know, Desire's like, I'm surprised you figured it out, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? And uh, so then, you know, um, you know, Dream's like, you know, never do this again or whatever, blah, right. blah, blah. And, you know, that's sort of 
you know, and desires like, well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but you know that he's already working with his twin despair about uh, some stuff. And that's where the, the, the season one ends, right? Well, there's some, there's there's some fun stuff at the end of season one, right? So I don't want to go. There's two follow up episodes, right? The the end of the end of the, the end of episode 10. So this is where, this is where Morpheus kind of, remakes Galt into a dream, like a good yes, dream. So, yeah, so Galt shows into the dreaming and she's ready to accept her punishment right, right. as a, as a rogue nightmare. And, you know, dream sort of comes off as he's going to punish her, but winds up turning her into a dream when this, like, beautiful sort of, like, butterfly-winged kind of version of herself. And she's very happy and flies off and has some a of this is Some of this is um, over the course of the series... Morpheus is very like stern about like I have to do this, we have to take care of the dreaming, we have to do this, and he he's very like unfeeling about a lot of what goes on here. And I think yeah. that as he goes, as he like gets his powers back and as he starts to, you know, build the dreaming again, he like becomes a more benevolent person. He's like, you know, I want, you know, he's not, it's not just all like, I have to punish you if you do something wrong, if you do something right, whatever, whatever, just do this right. thing. It's, it's not like he's like, a, it's like he's a bad manager. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right like now, now, he, now, now he's going to create a much more peaceful and uh, appropriate workplace. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, you know what? I, mean? I need to be like, I need to, I need to be like a little, I need to care a little bit more about the lives of everyone involved. I need to be more benevolent, benevolent. Um, and so that's yeah. what, that's what comes out of that. And then at the end, Lita gives birth to the son of the dreaming yeah. or whatever. And she and Rose and Jed and Hal, who is the actor, they move to New Jersey. They sell the house yeah, uh, to the goth twins. Yep. Yep. Uh, and they move to New Jersey. And then at the very, very end of episode 10, we see Lucifer who's been like spoken down to by like the Dukes of hell And who then is like pondering, like, you know, going to war with the dreaming. So, like, that's a very important part of the end of the first season is to make sure, like, that we cover that because that's definitely going to be set up for future. Got to be, yeah. And and so, what's great is season two has been confirmed, picked up by Netflix, and that is the next story arc is is basically the war between Lucifer and the dreaming. Uh, which, you know, it's going to be great. I mean, this was – I loved this show. And there's two episodes that we didn't discuss. There are two additional episodes. One, No, there's the cat episode and the muse episode. That was all one episode. It was just two stories within just one episode. There was only 11 episodes in the series. So this was both – Oh, okay. Uh, so Calliope is the um, – is the, the story about um, the A muse author. That's, yes, that's – captured by one author right and it's such a weird thing right so this muse is the sister of the fates who we've seen in 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 the series so far right um she's basically captured by this author right and basically it definitely makes it seem like it even though it doesn't like right out say it you know what i mean but it's it, it, this author who's written these amazing books and everything he basically gets that ability to write and everything 
by like sexually assaulting this muse. Uh, yeah, basically. But so like he's yeah. a, he's um this is Arthur Darville who is um who I came to recognize in some of the later series of Doctor Who. He was one of the companions. Um good actor. Um he was a struggling author. He'd written like a great book and then he like is supposed to be writing the follow-up to that great, well-received book, but he's having like a like a writer's block, and yeah. so he threw another character, and I don't remember who he is. He's another author who another wrote author? his oh, fa- yeah, he is, yeah, who right. wrote his favorite book, but hadn't written anything in quite some time. Right, you he I mean? he he was possessing. Um, he was possessing the muse and then kind of like traded the muse to um, this character. I'm trying to remember what his name, like uh, Richard Maddock. And I don't know how he, I forget how he transfers the ownership, but he does. And yeah. so normally you would, you know, you'd get, you'd get inspiration in a loving, caring way. Yes. But unfortunately, he has to take that inspiration um, because she's not willing. She's not a willing muse for him. Right. Um, yeah. She's like basically like, if you want my help, set me free. Yeah. You know what I mean, and he's like, well, I have no, I, you know, no guarantee that you'll help me. Yeah. You know I mean, right. yeah. So like he basically he writes another book after like abusing, you know, the muse and everything. And, you know, the the, you know. She's able to reach out to the fates who are like, we can't help you. Right. You know what I mean? But they they inform her that Morpheus has, has returned. And Calliope, the muse, at one point had been romantically involved with Morpheus. She was his wife. Yes. So, against her better judgment, when she realizes she's never going to get free, she yes. sends a message to Morpheus. Um, who, and they had had a son and he died tragically, Orpheus. Um, so he is, uh, so this like totally pisses off Morpheus and he comes for, um, Madoc and he won't release her. So he like punishes him with, you know, more ideas than he can handle. Yeah, and they're all like extremely disturbing. I will give you so many ideas. And he's like teaching a lecture, and they're like, well, how do you come up with it? And he just starts, he's like, well, you know, there's always like this, and then this, and then, and they're just getting more and more disturbing. And people are like, what the fuck? And he can't stop himself. Yeah, Yeah, I mean. And so, like, he can't get it out. And at one point, he's like scrawling it on a like a stairway wall in blood with his finger because he's got to get these ideas out. Um, which is just, you know, it's wild. Um, you know, soon he like, you know, ultimately, of course, he like releases, he frees her. Um, yes. I thought that there was some, the, it was two of his students, I thought, that came and finally like, finally like did that. Um, and once, once he, finally releases her morpheus like removes the curse and then he can't remember anything like he doesn't remember her him he doesn't remember any of the ideas he had he's back to square one right yeah um and then you know calliope vows that this is never going to happen to 
any of her sister muses again because, you know, obviously this is totally shitty. And she yeah. and Morpheus, you know, in the continued evolution of Morpheus as a <clears throat> feeling, you know, character, they have like a little tender, you know, moment, you know, goodbye or right. whatever. Um, and they agree that they'll like she'll visit him in the dreaming and they'll mourn for her their son like properly and it's like oh well, you have like this touching moment like yeah you know because i thought i, I think that there was a, a notion where like they thought or she thought that he would not come because yeah, of right. like how they split apart right and and everything with orpheus yeah. the son and you know, and 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 he's never really morpheus dream has never really confronted that or or dealt with it right so like there's there's a lot of pain there this show was absolutely fantastic it did such a great job paying tribute and staying true even with all the different changes to the source material and especially the spirit of the source material uh, by Neil Gaiman, one of my favorite writers, right? And oh, you don't want to talk I'm, about Dream of a Thousand Cats, the other part of the episode. I love that. Oh one. Yeah, Dr- Dr- yeah, Dream of a Thousand Cats was great. It was super animated, cool. yep. and it's 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 super cool. It's this cat that's like kind of going around and 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 uh, um, getting other cats to hear the message that cats once ruled the world right and it was and, and it was it was man's ability to dream and 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 they they dreamt of them of man ruling the world and that dream became a reality mm-hmm. and cats could do the same again if if enough cats dreamed the same dream she, right and they, i think that she she gave birth to like a litter of kittens and her owners were like very unhappy. Oh yeah, at this. they threw him to the yeah. They drowned him in the river. It's a great story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was like a Siamese cat, and she like had a fling with a tomcat, and had these like mixed breed kittens. And the owners were like, "This isn't cool." So like the husband got pissed and threw him in the river and drowned them. And yeah. she, um, she was like traumatized and went on a quest and met Morpheus and yeah, he, as, a cat. as yeah, a cat, yeah, which is super yeah. awesome. And this is where he's like, you know, there was a time where cats ruled and you see like the people, like, humans were like really tiny and the cats were really huge and like played with them. Yeah, and, and they're, they're playing with them like mice, yeah. mice and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it was, one, yeah. It was great. At one point, all the humans, re- you know, they had an, like an enlightenment where like, Hey, we, should be running things and that's what happened what's came to pass so the cat travels from the town to town to tell all the cats that you know if we all if we all believe we can make we, that we can reclaim our status we can go back to the way it was and so some of it is like there's this little kitten that um this little kitten gets like helped out and this regular cat like come on we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go hear her um and so you at the end there's like this little you know this little conversation between like the little kitten and the siamese cat and she's like i believe and so it's it's a great story um yeah Another great story in a season full of great stories. I mean, it was a fucking banger of a season. Like, I am so glad that they finally came to terms and, and confirmed season two because this was a great show. And again, you know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, comic runs ever is Sandman. It's so good. Um, and everything was just great about it. It was really, really good. Um, 
I think yeah, them, I, I think them having like thirty years to like f- to get this together, like I guess, really yeah. helped. And then you know, as usual, like having the writer involved. Oh yeah, it, it makes such a huge difference having the writer involved as 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 a showrunner, right? You know, what I mean, because uh, he's not even involved. I'm pretty sure he's a showrunner. Well, right? he's. I mean, he's. I, I don't know if it, I, I. I don't know how. I don't know how he was. He was involved, but he was he was there. I don't know. I don't know what credit he got. Like he wasn't the writer. Yeah. Like he, he didn't write the no, episodes. No, no. But he was. Sure, yeah. But, but he he was on like the creative team, and he was he was able to like help them with like the presentation and you know how that stuff was gonna how it was gonna look and well, how it was gonna sound. That's, but that's how like that's how like American Gods season one to season two really dropped off is because they changed showrunners. The two showrunners in American Gods season one had heavily involved Neil Gaiman into the production, and then season two went off and did like its own thing. And season two was nowhere near as good as season one. Yeah, you know, yeah. Of of American Gods. I mean, G- Gaiman this, was Gaiman was an executive producer of this, and I'm assuming that that's where that kind of like. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, yeah, I think when you have executive producer status, it's it's a big difference, right? Yeah. Uh, this this was this was way better than uh, uh, American Gods, in my opinion. I mean, the acting, the everything. Um, yeah, that's a that's a difference between a Star's production and a you know a Netflix now, production. How does this compare to Good Omens? They're both fantastic. See, yeah, right? good, good I mean, like Good Omens. Really good Omens was fire. Yeah, Good Omens was fire. This is also fire. I don't know which one I like more, to be honest. Right. Uh, I, you know, generally speaking, you know, like let's see what you know. The Sandman is such a longer story than Good Omens, so you know, I I, I think Good Omens season two is also approved and will be coming at some point, but I don't know when. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, same thing with I don't know when Sandman season two will be coming, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to both for sure. Yeah, I think he was. I think Neil Gaiman was heavily involved in Good Omens, and you see that. Yes. And he wasn't oh, yeah. as involved with American Gods, and you can see that. Yeah. Um, but American uh, Gods season one was fantastic. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean, yeah. But like season two is just kind of crap. I don't even know if they made a season three. I kind of turned out, tuned out after season two, which is crazy because American Gods is one of my favorite novels. It was on stars. It was. It's a pain in the. It was a pain to like find. But you yeah, know what are yeah. you gonna do? But yeah, yeah um, I think David S. Goyer, who was another executive producer of this, had a lot to do with. Also had a lot to do with getting this right. Like having an executive producer who like is you know passionate about getting it right and wants to have the original creators like involved it's pretty to me it's pretty important so like i feel like that's yeah no you know, for sure and and you can you can tell in the quality of the uh, the product and I, and this is a this is a quality product you know from from the acting to the production to the story it's all just really it's done really really well yeah don't don't uh, and we can't forget um the casting of characters like um Pat Oswalt Oh yeah, Pat Oswald as Matt the uh, Raven was as fantastic. Matt the Raven and a super sneaky appearance by Mark Hamill, our favorite Mark Hamill as yes. um, Mervin Pumpkinhead. The, yes, yep, yep. Um, all, super cool that they could squeeze him in. Um, no, a hundred percent great voice actor. Yeah, I mean Mark Hamill. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, good to see him doing some voice acting, and, and uh, Mervin is always yeah. he's he's a cool character. Everything in the dreaming is just cool. It's a cool world, cool sets. Um, 
And yeah, if you slept on this show, don't sleep on this show. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, and we've talked about this before, like, like all the aspects that are really important, they kind of really nailed, like the casting, they really nailed the, um, you know, the visuals, like the visualizations of everything was really well done. And, um, yeah, I, it's, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what, 10 out of 10, bro. 10 out of 10. Yeah. No, 10 out of 10. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's so good. Yeah, it, it was great. Like I said, if you didn't watch it, watch it. You won't regret it. It's 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 that good. But I think that is about well, we we ran long as fuck on this one, and this was the second part of this fucking thing. So like, we got it done. Whatever. Thanks as always for uh, stopping by, hanging out, listening to us jibber jab, and uh, we will see you in a week or so. And we uh, think in the next episode we're going to talk about another ten out of ten show, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll save that one for next time. Uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. All that. See you in your dreams, people. Deuces.